You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Do. How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have. But without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should. I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. How are we doing today? Good. You know, I was really pleased with uh, the energy that our players played with in the last game. You know, they could have come out and just said, you know, look at who we're playing and, you know, not played to the standard that we're trying to create, which we tried to emphasize. But I thought the energy and enthusiasm was good. I thought the execution was a lot better. I think we played a lot smarter. Um, we're still working toward and, you know, each and every player can do this. Each and every coach can do this. I can do this toward, you know, total consistency in playing to the standard that we want to play to. Um, and, you know, the choice is, is do you want to build on the challenges of the future? All right, now we're getting into SEC games, and uh, certainly this first game is going to be, you know, a challenge. It's an SEC game. Vanderbilt's 3-1. and one. Um, Much, much improved, you know, team over last year. Uh, they have like 14 starters back, but they're scoring 42 points a game. And they play two quarterbacks. Both of them are very, very capable, very good athletes. Um, you know, they run the ball. They run some options. they um, very capable passing. You know, 14. Shepard is one of the leading receivers in the SEC. Defensively, you know, these guys are – 
They play hard. They're tough. Uh, they've given up some yards in their games, but they played well enough to uh, be able to be effective uh, in winning three games. Uh, the kicking game is good. Uh, the punter is one of the leading punters in the country in terms of 48.9 yard average. You know, Joseph has done a good job of kicking for him. So, you know, this is a, you know, good all around team and going to be a challenging game for us. My question is about the offseason preparation and scouting that you do for each opponent. How has the transfer portal impacted the usefulness of that body of work, if at all? Well, I, I think it only affects it from a personnel standpoint. It, it doesn't usually affect it dramatically from um, a schematic standpoint. You know, technically, what does the other team do? Their offense or defense doesn't change dramatically unless they change philosophies, change coordinators, change personnel in some way to do that. But you don't know for sure who the players are going to be, you know, in a lot of cases and how they're going to use those players. Yep. Through three, three games, what positional battles remain and what will it take to resolve them? Uh, you know, I'm not going to speculate on players and positions and, you know, everybody's in competition. Nobody's entitled to a position. Everybody's got to go out and compete every day and play well and do the things they need to do to play winning football. And, you know, the more guys we get to do that, the better off we're going to be. So um, there, there's no personal matchups or battles that I care to discuss. When you were looking at Tyler Steen when he was in the transfer portal, what did you like about his game when he was at Vanderbilt? Well, he's a very athletic guy. Uh, he's got really good power for his size, and uh, he's a good pass blocker. Very smart guy. Uh, understands, you know, how to play fundamentally, uses hands, uh, and has, you know, played pretty consistently for us, you know, in the three games that he's played and uh, certainly not disappointed us in any way, shape, or form. Uh, he's got a lot of experience, which I think helps. Um, so, you know, we're, we're very pleased that he's here. Hey, Coach, I know the players had a lot of fun with Will Anderson, you know, getting his pick six. And I want to know what's been the most fun about watching him. And I know you played defense in college. What are some of the assets that you see from Will that, you know, back in the day, maybe you wish he had? Well, you know, Will's got great passion for the game, plays with great energy and enthusiasm. You love coaching guys like that. And I think it's infectious to other players on the team as, you know, you see the reaction you know, from his teammates when, you know, he has success and, you know, scored a touchdown. Um, you know, we need to do more of that, not just Will, but everybody on defense, uh, create more turnovers, make more big plays, make explosive plays, score on defense. I mean, the, those are really, really fun things for any defensive player. So and I know it was really fun for Will and his teammates to see him do it. After the game, we saw Kyrie Jackson leave in a walking boot. I was wondering if you had any updates on his injury. Yeah, he just he sprained his ankle on the pump return. Um, I think the one that um, Brian Branch ran back for a touchdown. I don't think it's significant, but you know when you have an ankle injury, you got to go day to day, and we'll see how he he does. You know this week. Now you've seen uh, Jaheim Otis a few games from him. Uh, what stood out about his the way he's performed? 
he's done a good job. He's a young guy that has played really, really well. He's powerful. He's hard to block. Uh, I thought he probably played the best he's played on the most consistently that he played probably in this last game. So hopefully he'll continue to develop and we can develop some other guys in the defensive line that provide more depth for us as well. What do you think's led to some of the success you guys have had when running tempo offensively this year? And has there been any discussion on maybe doing it a little bit more in non two minute situations? Uh, we have been an effective tempo team. Uh, that's something that's been good for us. Um, it's something that we work on, uh, that you really got to get the players to, you know, get up and down, get ready, uh, and, and, and go. I think, you know, Bryce likes it when we do that. Uh, I think it's also beneficial when we spread the other team out and do that. So, um, we just got to keep working on it and hopefully continue to make it an asset for us in the future in terms of, how fast we play and how we execute. Coach, you mentioned how the challenge of Vanderbilt's going to be, but just watching Coach Lay, how has he, in your opinion, kind of changed that program a little bit? Well, I think he changed the whole culture of the program. You know, their their players play really hard. They play with confidence. I think they believe in, you know, what they're doing offensively, defensively, special teams. Um, and they, they I think, Culture is the biggest thing you try to establish in a program. And they got some pretty good players. They got some experienced players that are back from a year ago. They got better skill guys than they normally have, better quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, and they're doing a really, really good job of coaching them. And they've got really challenging systems to defend against. Hello, coach. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Oscar Clerica from Claro Sports in Mexico City and 17 countries in Latin America. It's a great pleasure. Could you say some words to all the fan base, Alabama fans in Mexico and Latin America? Did you know that we broadcast the games to 17 countries down south the, the border? What is your opinion about that? And if you could say some words to all the people in Mexico. Thank you very much. Gracias. Yeah, well, we appreciate all the fan support that we get in Mexico and I wasn't aware of, you know, all these places that, you know, watch us. But I do know that uh, we have an iconic brand uh, that sort of spreads not only throughout the United States, but in some of the boarding countries in Europe. Um, so and I think that's a good thing for our program. And I know it's a great thing for our players. But, you know, we appreciate the support. We love it that you uh, love Alabama. And I'll just say roll tide to you. With Deontay Lawson, we've seen him get some reps at inside linebacker. Just what kind of progress have you seen him make? Well, he's done a good job. You know, he's much more confident in knowing what to do and how to do it. And um, I think he's playing with more confidence. I think it takes players a while to develop that, you know, systematically in terms of understanding what's required of me on this play. And a lot of guys, maybe in high school, you know, they just – ran and tackled a guy with the ball. But when you're trying to play a systematic defense where everybody has a job to do and the way you get challenged, you know, offensively in college football now with the kind of plays that people run, you know, everybody's got to be really disciplined in how they read the plays and how they fit the plays. And I think when linebackers sort of get confident in that, then they start playing a lot faster. And I, I've seen that in, you know, Deontay in his play. 
You mentioned uh, JoJo was day to day last week. Is there any update on him and kind of what's the plan when bringing him back? Either uh, as a receiver I don't recall saying that he was day to day. You know, hopefully he'll he's going to start. You know, doing some dry land. You know, running and things this week. But you know, that's a medical decision. So when he gets back, I really don't know for sure. Can't comment on. I hope it's sometime soon, but I don't know when that might be. A year ago on punt returns, there were some blocking issues with penalties. You guys had eight returns just on Saturday with no flags. What do you attribute that improvement in the blocking? Well, it really comes down to judgment. Um, you know, we coached punt returns very similar this year to the way we did last year. You know, clamp the guy, stab and lag the guy, sit and fit the guy. Uh, don't clip. Uh, don't blind side hit anybody. Um Pull off the clip if you have to, which means you just try to shield the guy. Don't hit him in the back. We coach all those things ever since I've been here. Um, so players make good choices and decisions because they play with discipline and they understand, you know, the consequences of making bad choices and decisions. And, um, you know, one of the things that we want to improve on is to be able to play penalty free and eliminate penalties, even though we still got a few too many penalties in the last game. It was better than the game before. And hopefully we can continue to eliminate that. All right. Thank you. Welcome back in, and uh, that was Coach Saban's weekly press conference, and uh, always great to hear Coach Saban seem a little more optimistic today than we've heard him over the last couple of weeks, but 63-7 uh, to seven win probably does that over ULM. Alabama does drop to number two, though, in the coaches' poll, so now number two in the uh, AP and uh, the coaches' poll as well, and uh, so we're going to dive into that. Also, uh, some Auburn uh, news and notes. We'll get into that as far as their loss this weekend, a tough loss uh, for the Auburn Tigers as they got beat by Penn State 41-12 to and some other SEC matchups. Georgia dominated South Carolina 48-7. to And uh, also there from our buddy Oscar from Mexico. Been on his show a few times. That was awesome to hear him there with Coach Saban and the press conference. He'll be in town, I think, throughout the week and uh, until the game as well. But uh, even got fans all throughout Mexico. He talked about a number of uh, different areas where they broadcast the games and we played for you some oscars uh, commentary over the years and uh, some of the highlights the uh, second and uh, 26 as well as a number of things that went uh, all over espn and everywhere else but great to have oscar in uh, alabama and tuscaloosa from mexico all right we are pre presented by top golf for birmingham get out to top golf today you'll absolutely love it it is the bowling of this generation and we tell you all the time go out the food the fun the golf with friends family co-workers you'll love it at top golf for birmingham and driven by sunny king ford on the sunny side of the street go to see tony russell and all the great folks there at sunny king ford matt coulter how are you today i know we got a quick segment here we'll get back and uh, but uh, yeah. look forward to talking to mick gillespie a little bit later on as well from band insider on three media yeah, and we got a lot to dig in uh, what's happening across the state. But as far as the upcoming Alabama-Vanderbilt game, I've been looking up some stats, and uh, I know it's just three games into the season. Most teams haven't played a conference game, but they might open your eyes uh, up just a little bit. Jay, did you have a good weekend? I did. I hope you did. Oh, fantastic. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and continue live from AVX. Audio, video, excellence continues and uh, more on Alabama. Big win over ULM and some of the other SEC and national scores. Stay with us.
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. I thought learning a language would be too much work, but Babbel makes learning fun. J'aime Babel. Babbel's lessons only take 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks you can... Levels continue to build tomorrow and Wednesday. The sky mostly sunny both days. Highs between 93 and 96 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. one in both polls also alabama over ulm 63 to 7 and kentucky over youngstown state 31 to nothing arkansas beat missouri state 38 27 texas a&m over miami 17 to 9 tennessee destroyed akron 63 to 6 florida it gets uh, over south florida very tough game for them 31 28 old miss over georgia tech big 42 to nothing penn state again takes down auburn 41 to 12 and missouri it gets it done against abilene christian 34 17 Vanderbilt wins against Northern Illinois, 38-28, and LSU over Mississippi State, 31-16. Mississippi State went into that game a three-point favorite, as we talked to Mike Leach on Friday about that particular matchup between Mississippi State and LSU. But uh, I guess the biggest surprise of the weekend is the uh, number 22 Penn State, uh, the way that they took down the Auburn Tigers, 41-12, and just a dominant performance, Matt, uh, by Penn State and what they – are now 3-0, 2-0 away from home, uh, playing well on the road, and they look very impressive. Penn State's pretty good. I want to throw that out there. And uh, Nick Singleton is uh, – and I, you, you kind of hesitate from saying this stuff early. But with all the attention that Penn State and uh, the Big Ten get, um, that guy plays a couple more years like he started out of the blocks as a freshman. Uh, the word Heisman might come in front of his name. Uh, that's long range, but – uh, it was disappointing to see Auburn just get manhandled in the line of scrimmage. I think that, that surprised me more than anything. Uh, I know that they have not had the resources up front, and they're building there. But, uh, man, if they've got other players, they ought to just go ahead and start putting them in because, Jay, Penn State whipped Auburn. And, I, man, I mean, I know I'm an Alabama guy. People know I went to the University of Alabama, but I don't like seeing this. It's sad. And I feel for Brian Harson. I feel for the Auburn faithful. And uh, I don't think they're going to put up with this anymore, Jay. I, I, I really, really don't. I picked Auburn. I thought they would win because they were more physical. Whoa, was I wrong. But they have problems at quarterback. They have problems on both sides of the line. They got problems everywhere except for Tank. And then I didn't think they gave him the ball much. So uh, how, mu- how much more complaining do you want to hear from me? <laughs> Uh, and, and, and I tell you what, um, I, I got a lot of texts throughout the game from former players uh, at Alabama, one from Auburn, um, and other uh, people that know the game, and they're just like, this is a complete embarrassment for the SEC, the way that they're playing. Just not playing at the level you expect an SEC team to play against a Big Ten opponent. And then to rub uh, salt in the wounds, uh, Penn State fans at the end started yelling, SEC, SEC, as we have many times uh, to them. Uh, when we've uh, beat them and, and, you know, again, just not a, not a great performance. And even seeing some of the online posts, uh, some of the things on TikTok, Instagram, from the fans, from the student section, um, just highlighting kind of what Harson has done so far at Auburn. And, uh, and, and Hart, if you can pull up, uh, Josh sent some uh, audio there 
from Harson. Let me know when you have it up uh, talking about the pregame or the postgame and uh, his job security and stuff. So we'll, we'll play that for you here in just a second. Let me know when you got it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, he's in a tough spot right now. And here's the thing. His name has been mentioned for the Arizona State job. His name has been mentioned for yeah. maybe other jobs that may come up. So I don't know. I mean, you know, if, if he feels like the heat's pouring on, he, he may try to uh, get the escape path uh, pass or path very well uh, or very quickly to get out of there. And um, it, it's not looking good. He's an outsider. As an outsider, you got to come in. You got to win pretty much immediately. You got to have success. Uh, all that happened in the offseason, Matt, when he was in Mexico and they were trying to get him out of there, all the things they posted about him and his personal life, which was ridiculous. Um, but but it was it was put out there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a, right now not looking good for uh, uh, Brian Harson, the uh, head coach of the Auburn Tigers. No, it doesn't look good at all. And I'm sure there have been a lot of meetings, whether it be on the phone, maybe they Skype those, I don't know. But they're talking about the situation, and they're talking about it very seriously. And I don't make, make predictions here. Uh, they've got to run on down the road. I thought it was, a, a let me say, Jay, an interesting hire from the get-go. Um, folks, you're going to come down here and play in this conference. You better know something about it. And that's not just the style of football that is played down here, but you better know the culture. And to be very, very honest, and unlike Brian Heisen, Harson, he seems to be a nice guy. He seems to be uh, uh, k- kind of um, uh, introverted. You know, I don't think you're going to find him down at Toomer's Corner well, for more than one reason. Sorry, but um, it was you better know about Toomer's Corner, for instance. You, you better know about, about how the defensive lines in this conference are better than. Well, almost as good as some of the teams in the NFL. So uh, I'm not sure he knew any of that. And, man, is it ever showing up? And it doesn't look like he learned in the offseason. But the bottom line is I think it was you that text when we were uh, group texting on Saturday. It's not the jockeys. It's the horses. And right now it appears to me, Jay Barker, Auburn has neither. Yeah, and it's one of those things. Recruiting is so important, um, you know, and it always has been. But especially today, with the amount of players with NIL, with the transfer portal, to be able to go out and get guys that can immediately make an impact for you on your football team, and they just have not done a good job of doing that. And uh, that that goes squarely on Brian Harson, goes squarely on the coaching staff, um, and and also just coaching these guys up and having a plan. Uh, coming into the season as far as quarterback and who you're going to stay with and stick with. And, you know, now you've got a quarterback controversy. Robbie Ashford came in, had some good moments, had some bad moments. Uh, T.J. Finley just not looking like the type of quarterback or leader consistency that you need. So they've got to circle the wagons inside that locker room, circle the wagons inside that building, and uh, really come up with a plan. And more importantly, they got to find some really good leadership. Uh, Tank Bigsby, those type of guys got to step up and uh, get these guys working. I mean, the season is not lost. Uh, there's a lot that still can be done, but uh, they're going to have to have great leadership. Now it's whether or not is Brian Harson losing that locker room. Is he losing some of the people, again, in the administration, thinking that this is not the right move? And when you see guys like Scott Frost, you see a guy like Herm Edwards get fired, that does not bode well for coaches around the uh, the country that are not doing well because they see that that's the, the trend is that it's getting sooner and sooner in the season because now they can go out and get their guy locked up, but they want to get a new guy. They feel like they got to make a move. They feel a little more pressure to make that a little bit quicker than maybe they would in the past because um, they feel like it's a sense of urgency. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be a long week in Auburn. And uh, maybe they'll write this ship and it won't be a long season, but it doesn't look good now. Just before the break, I noted something about 
the statistics I was looking up in the Southeastern Conference, I found this very interesting, but not too telling because it's so early in the season. The number one receiver in the SEC is uh, at Vanderbilt. Uh, Coach Saban made reference to him just a minute ago, and I'm trying to grab his name real quick because uh, he deserves it. Is Will yeah, Shepard? Shepard. Tell me Shepard. Okay. Yeah. 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 He is big time player. Already has 23 catches, seven more than anybody in the league. All right. The uh, top running back, the two top running, two of the top five running backs in the Southeastern Conference play at Vanderbilt. One of them is Mike Wright. Now, that quarterback, he can play. Um, then the other statistic that I found interesting is that Alabama has neither of those in either category in the top 15. Mm. That's pretty the uh, highest-ranked receiver for Alabama is uh, Treshawn Holden with 12. And then uh, first-ranked running back is Jameer Gibbs, and he's like 18th or 19th. So that's just, you know what uh, many coaches have said, Jay? Uh, statistics are for losers. So I guess that says a lot about me. <laughs> well, and it's not only that. I mean, just I think a lot of it, too, is this past game, you thought, okay, we're going to run up a lot of the – the numbers you're going to see stats, you know, be uh, be you know, kind of add on to what you've already done, and uh, so a lot, um, you know, there as far as the, the time of possession. Alabama had the ball what eight minutes eight seconds in the first half, um, or, or was it yeah, yeah first, it was first half, right. yeah eight oh eight. I mean, it's like holy cow. I mean, I, I I circled that, sent it to you. I'm like that's crazy. Um, I've never really maybe seen that that big of a discrepancy, but a lot of that was because of special teams and defensive play, getting the turnovers and, and the touchdowns yeah, and uh, all that they did. So, uh, you know, some good stuff to think about. And, and, and a lot of times that time of possession, I mean, you're talking about more yardage for Jameer. You're talking about more catches for the receiver, maybe a little bit more tempo or not tempo, but more um, consistency for offense because you're more on, you're on the field more. I, I, I did like the fact that Coach Saban said today, because I know this is the fact that Bryce Young likes – tempo offense he likes to get up to the line scrimmage quick and press the defense and i think he feels like he gets in a better rhythm in that situation i still don't think we're at the point and, and i'm not saying we're, we're not there where we can't do it but we, we haven't really shown it in a game where we just say we're just going to run the ball down your throat and just do that you know i think we did that a little bit better maybe a little bit late in the game but um you know still wanting to see that aspect of Alabama's game against the number ones uh, being able to just say look you know it's not that we need to run it we want to run it we can run it when we want to and we can gain three to four or five yards get on schedule stay ahead of the chain so that's uh that's the thing we're looking at you know right now for this particular team is there's not a lot to criticize and you're all we're always trying to nitpick and find things because of uh, the success that they've had for so many years all right let's take a quick break we'll come back and we'll get some of that audio from brian harson as well coming up on the other side stay with us we're live from avx monday edition jay barker show matt Coulter, lars has got the day off and uh, also uh, joining us a little bit later on mick gillespie from bama insider on three media we'll be back You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. 
Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There it is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC. Letter O. Is coach for these team, this team, these players, these coaches. Uh, make sure I'm doing my job, having our team prepared, and all that. And um, 
you know, I don't control any of those other things other than what I do and each and every day. So, and that's been no different since I've been a GA to being a head football coach. You know, I've operated the same way and had the same mindset. So we put more expectations on ourselves than anybody else. All right. And that's always been that way. So uh, at the end of the day, I'm disappointed for our football team. You know, when you're in it, when you're in the arena, which is what we do. All right. We're the ones that are in the arena each and every week. All right, we're the ones that put the work right, in each and every week. Again, that All right, that's what we can control. After the and, lost you know, I love being a part of that. I love, I love putting Saturday plan. night. So, uh, not not looking good right now for uh, Brian Harson and the uh, Auburn Tigers. I also want to hit on this real quick. Congratulations to uh, Tua and uh, what he did this weekend. Unbelievable day. 36 of 50, 469 yards, six touchdowns, and two interceptions, one which was recorded as a, a recorded drop. Uh, he tied Bob Greasy, Dan Marino for the most single-game touchdowns in franchise history. Maybe uh, right now you look at uh, the job that he's done and, and the improvements he's made as well. So congratulations to, uh, to Tua. You know, Matt, when you look at uh, just the uh, overall uh, picture uh, for the Auburn Tigers going back to Brian Harson, but first of all, just kind of your thoughts on his comments, what he had to say. Well, I think he's handling it the only way he can, and that's just say we just have to <clears throat> we just have to charge on, keep doing what we're doing, and – Things are going to work out, but, um, you know, that's, that's what you say. That's what's coming up, but in the back of his head or the front of his head, he's got to know that, uh, bad things are on the horizon. If he doesn't manage to flip this thing around and I saw no evidence Saturday afternoon that Auburn can flip it around. I mean, you could have the greatest coach in the world with all those players and they may not win another game. Uh, I think that's maybe more than anything. I think a lot of Auburn fans are troubled by the initial hire. Um, I think they are actually were troubled by what happened in the off season and more so on the university side than on the Harson side, but it's just, Jay, is it just not glaring that Auburn doesn't have horses? Oh, it's definitely, I mean, from, from every, uh, from every aspect it's set for probably running back right now is where they're missing out. And, uh, really surprised that they, they weren't able to go out and find a, top quarterback over the last couple of years that could come in and play at that position. I'm not saying that, you know, Robbie Ashford may not be the answer from Hoover, Alabama right now. He's just not. And maybe that a lot has a lot to do with the reps and just the amount of, of time he's been in that offense, uh, you know, transferring in from Oregon. And, and I think too, with TJ, TJ Finley, again, he's got all the attributes. I mean, the height six, seven, uh, he's got uh, he a powerful arm can, can do things, but just not playing at the level. And a lot of it's not just even just athletically, he's got all that. Uh, he, can, he can make every throw on the field. It's leadership. It's uh, having that kind of it factor about you when you're on the field that your team believes that you're going to get the job done and you're not going to make crucial mistakes in crucial times. If you look at the numbers, 11 of 19, he was 152 yards and one interception. That's T.J. Finley. Robbie Ashford was 10 of 19 and 144 yards and one interception. So one had a QBR, T.J. Finley at 59.9, and Robbie Ashford's 29 was his QBR. So – you know, pretty much the same type of numbers. Um, you know, Robbie did have the one touchdown, so that's uh, one thing for him. And I think at times they looked better when he was in, in the game. I'm, I'm not sure if, if uh, Harson is ready to, to make a move or, you know, I, I don't know. I, it just seems like neither one of those guys have won the team over, and you hate to have that uh, for a team that's now uh, sitting three games into a season. You'd, you'd like to, you know, look, they're still two and one. So, you know, all is not lost. You can't, you know, drown in – 
the sorrows of this game. You got to go back and look at the tape. The tape always tells you the eye in the sky. A lot of times I've said this, even in tough losses or big losses, it's not as bad as it looks. There's a lot of things that could have changed the, uh, the, the tempo and also the, uh, the outcome of that game or even just made it a lot closer uh, if, if Auburn plays cleaner and plays better on the defense side of the football as well. But 41-12 uh, to 12 is not what the, uh, the doctor ordered for Brian Har- Harson right now with the way the fan base is already a little bit skeptical of whether or not he's, he is the guy that can really do well at Auburn and, and get this team back on track, Matt. Can he? I mean, I think everybody in the the state, across the nation, is, is trying to figure out whether this guy that had this incredible record at Boise State can turn around and, and bring it back to Auburn. Um, I'm not a negative guy. You know that, Jay. You've known me 30 years. But um, I don't see it happening. But, uh, now, as you mentioned at the top of the show, there's some people already saying he's, you know, he's being uh, courted or, or some would like to see him go to Arizona State. Uh, and that's a, another – that, that's a strange hire. Herm Edwards, who from all I hear is just a really, really good guy, not a bad football coach, he came in there and, and had Arizona State bowling within a year. Um, but, man, things fell apart during uh, COVID and, and since then. And he came to an agreement with ASU, and, and he's gone. So uh, I, I never remember in covering college football in my entire career of guys getting canned this early or really during the season period. Yeah. I guess the first one I really remember was on the sideline at uh, uh, Bryant-Denny this past weekend, and that was Terry Bowden. Didn't he get – he got let go, and then they put um, Brother Bill in. Yeah, but, that was with uh, probably about what, three or four games let, left in the year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now Frost got it three games into the year. Um, we're seeing that Herm Edwards got it three games into the year. Um, just, just a real uh, – Open answer, Jay. Do, do you see him getting loose this week? No, I, 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 I wouldn't. I mean, I, I would think Auburn would have better sense than that. Again, they're two and one. They're not, you know, they're not like these other teams that really have struggled uh, this year. They've lost one game. They lost to a good football team in Penn State, one that's, um, you know, may end up being a top ten team. And you know, and and again, you look at, um, you know, Harson's in year two, right? So I mean, this this is something that you have to even put that into it that, you know, he's still got to learn recruiting in the South, getting the right guys in, getting his guys in. There may be some guys there that just haven't gotten the experience that they don't feel comfortable with. that can be, you know, great players. So uh, I, I think, you know, this, it was too early for Scott Frost. I don't care what everybody says, the $7.5 million, all that, that was such a disruption. It didn't make a difference. They lost this past weekend. It's just administrators. A lot of times they, put their finger in the air and uh, they, they look to the fans and they look to the media instead of making what's the great, you know, the best decisions for their program. It'd be better to be out there looking for a coach uh, with some stability than it would be with this and disarray. So I, 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 if Auburn does that, I, I just, I, again, lose even more, uh, less, less respect for them uh, when it comes to how they handle things off the field for a lot of these uh, coaching situations and other things as well. Hey, looking at uh, the, the teams right now, and who has the highest percentage chance to make the CFP? And uh, this is something that ESPN put together that they do every year. Right now, Georgia 3-0 has an 80% chance of making the playoffs. Alabama 3-0 wow. has 76% chance of making the playoffs. Ohio State 3-0, 67% chance. Uh, Clemson is 3-0 with a 36% chance. Then after that is Michigan at 5 with a 3-0, 31% chance. And then you got Southern Cal 3-0, 20% chance. What a difference. 
uh, Riley's made uh, out in uh, USC, just the perception of the media, the fans, and everybody of USC just since he got uh, to, uh, to to California and, and to USC. So uh, what a difference he's made in, in, in that particular program. Oklahoma at 3-0, 18% chance. Texas at 2-1, they got a 16% chance. Penn State at 3-0, wow. a 15% chance. Ole Miss a 13% chance at 3-0. Tennessee a 13% chance at 3-0. 2-1 Utah a 3% chance. And Washington, who's playing really well at 3-0, a 2% chance. So, uh, But your top four is Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, followed by Michigan, USC, and Oklahoma, and then Texas right behind Oklahoma, which I think a lot of that is built on the fact of how well Texas played Matt against Alabama. Oh, there's no question about that. But you, you do notice even when you get out of the single digits, digits on um, percentages, uh, how many of them are in the SEC? Tell you what, everybody was uh, concerned about Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss because, you know, uh, Matt Corral was gone. That team's pretty good. Now, they hadn't really received a full test, but uh, I like what they're seeing. And uh, then at the very top there, uh, Georgia's just slamming. I mean, just slamming. And South Carolina didn't look like a, a, any more formidable opponent than any of the other teams that they've played earlier this year. And uh, I guess I need to look up Georgia's schedule, but who's who's in their way? Really? Do you see the way they played? Uh, I mean, Stetson they look great. Bennett, yeah. Is Stetson, Stetson Bennett would get my Heisman vote if I had one this year. Yeah, he's, he's playing, playing at a very high level. Yeah, playing very effective, and the team, the team loves him. I mean, they want to play hard for him, and – Kirby Smart made the right choice. I mean, everybody criticized him for it and said there was a more talented player behind him, and this guy's just gotten better and better and, um, you know, really has just, uh, again, has got the team behind him, and uh, there's a lot to that, and he has that it factor about him, no doubt about it. Yeah, talking about South Carolina, uh, Shane Beamer had to come out and apologize uh, for getting angry uh, during the Title IX ceremony. And uh, even even at that point in the game, Matt, I was like, what is? why are all these people on the field? And they're trying to line up. They, the, the refs told them to get ready for, on the whistle. Or, or the clock would start at that particular time. They're trying to, you know, hurry up and get up to the line of scrimmage. And, and uh, this what a fourth down play at that time. And, gosh, I mean, uh, he was he was mad. And, and I'll say this. Why not just do it at halftime? Do it right at the beginning of halftime. If you got that many people coming on the field and you got to worry about getting them on and off the field as quickly as possible. So, um, I don't know. I, I understand his frustration, but he did come out and apologize about it. Well, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. He needed to. He's trying to coach his football team. There's still people in the end zone, the SEC. I'm not certainly including this in any way, form, or fashion because everybody's doing their job. They're saying you got to get to the line of scrimmage as quickly as possible and play when you're coming out of a timeout. Well, you're coming out of your timeout. Georgia's staring at your at your offense and your set because you can't. You literally, they're holding the, 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 you know, the folks in the back of the end zone trying to get them off. Now, um, I know he did the right thing, politically correct, by apologizing. But personally, I didn't think he needed to. They needed to be out of the back of the end zone. Then there's no need for any of this. So there you go, Jay. I agree. All right, we'll continue. And uh, some chanting going on before the Nebraska game. We'll tell you more about that coming up on the other side. Stay with us. We're live from AVX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. 
It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. The Literacy Council of West Alabama serves nine counties by getting books into the hands of children and adults. And heat levels continue to build tomorrow and Wednesday. The sky mostly sunny both days. Highs between 93 and 96 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Big Red was going to bring it today, you. and I'll tell you what, they you. brought it. They brought it. Go, go, go! Hey, Coach, hey, we want for you, Coach. We want it for you, though. Hey, we want you, too. <laughs> hey, there, there was legit concern this week that Big Red Nation would be subdued. No. Are you guys subdued, or are we up today? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Hey. No, I, I didn't know if Big Red... I might not say I'm sorry Yeah, I might sometimes And I might forget the little things Or keep you hanging on the line Hi, welcome back in. And uh, again, that was the Nebraska fans chanting, We want Urban. We want Urban. And uh, Matt, we've talked to Lars a little bit about this and I don't know. I mean, based on what we've seen over the last uh, few times uh, that Urban has taken over and whether it be at Florida the way he left, some of the stuff we saw and heard about uh, at Ohio State before he left there, and especially what happened at Jacksonville. um, I don't don't know if he's – if you want a long-term fix, a guy that's going to be there and and, and is wanting to come in and and really be a Nebraska guy and going to really turn that program around – I, I just can't imagine uh, that uh, you would want to go with Urban Meyer uh, in this situation. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he comes in, turns it around, and it's the best uh, hire Nebraska's ever had. But that'll be something that uh, Trev Alberts will have to sit down and kind of begin to figure out. But, um, you know, right now the, the fan base definitely has been uh, wanting Urban. I've heard it from a number of uh, uh, Nebraska fans that have, that have said it online and, and guys that we know that have said, hey, how about Urban? And I'm just like, don't go down that path. But, hey. We'll see how it all kind of works out. But there's a number of people that will be up for that job. And now for Nebraska, do they feel a little bit more pressure with Arizona State uh, being open with Herm Edwards out? Are they worried about Auburn making that decision a little bit later on down the road as well as some other teams? You know, you want to get out there and get ahead of and try to get the best coach possible before maybe they end up with another team. Now, the first thing, Jay, is just real quick on Urban Meyer to Lincoln, Nebraska. No, Um, that shouldn't happen. Uh, even though he's been in the Big Ten, won a national championship with Ohio State, so he certainly knows the league, but he doesn't know Nebraska. And there may have been a group of fans that are chanting that, and there be, may be some that really want Urban Meyer. But I really think when it gets down to a conversation, even if it's had with Trev Alberts, that that is going to happen. Um, I really don't know. Um, nobody's going to take him in the in the NFL, right? Right, Jay? And then I don't know if there's a college team that wants to put that investment back in him knowing what hangs over his head and what the possibilities are. So he may be a commentator the rest of his life. What do you think? I think he, he would. I mean, or should. And, and I think he will be. Um, I think he, he does a, a really good job there. I, I just don't think that he's – or his heart is in it anymore. I mean, his heart wasn't in it. He lost it at Florida. Then all of a sudden, you know, he revamped himself and went back to Ohio State and landed in a great spot at a great time. Great players, was able to recruit some players in as well. Had a lot of success there, won a championship. 
at that time, everybody's like, you know, Urban Meyer is going to catch Nick Saban and all this stuff, and he's going to win more championships when his career is done. Um, I mean, unless Urban has really changed his ways and gotten back on track and doing the things that he did to make him successful early on in his career when he was at Utah and had, you know, those great runs and really, uh, you know, really did a terrific job. But he also had some great assistant coaches around him as well. I think people forget that. Um, but uh, we'll see uh, kind of how it all plays out. But I agree. I think, you know, Trev, number one, Trev Alvarez will be the one that makes that decision. Uh, not the fans. Hopefully that's the case and not the media as far as their push for an Urban Meyer. But um, I think you're probably going to continue to hear those chants uh, throughout the season from a lot of the Nebraska fans. All right, we'll take a break. Mick Gillespie from Bama Insider on 3 Media is going to be joining us around 1.15 till 2 o'clock today. And uh, look forward to getting his take on Alabama's big win, 63-7 over ULM. They did drop the number two in the coaches' poll, so we'll get into that as well. Coming up on the other side, hour number two. Stay with us. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over and, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. It's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. 
800-242-6269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. It's delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner, and you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. 
Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. He's doing a good job. You know, he's much more confident in knowing what to do and how to do it. And um, I think he's playing with more confidence. I think it takes players a while to develop that, you know, systematically in terms of understanding what's required of me on this play. And a lot of guys, maybe in high school, you know, they just ran and tackled a guy with the ball. But when you're trying to play a systematic defense where everybody has a job to do and the way you get challenged you know, offensively in college football now with the kind of plays that people run, you know, everybody's got to be really disciplined in how they read the plays and how they fit the plays. And I think when linebackers sort of get confident in that, then they start playing a lot faster. And I, I've seen that in, you know, Deontay in his play. That was Coach Saban uh, in this hour number two as he talked in this press conference today about Deontay Lawson, the redshirt uh, freshman uh, out of Mobile, Alabama, and uh, really playing at a uh, really good uh, level right now, according to Coach Saban, talking about you know things you do in high school and the technique and the things you got to learn, the schemes, uh, and then when it comes to college and on to the next level as well. So uh, Deontay Lawson, a little love there from Nick Saban. Also, uh, Alabama's big win, 63-7 to over ULM. They dropped to number two in the coaches' poll. So number two in the AP and the coaches' poll. Georgia looking dominant once again in their win this weekend. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love Top Golf. We call it the bowling of this generation with our friends, family, coworkers. Get out, enjoy it with us before those UAB football games. Big win for them this weekend as well. Congratulations, to Coach Vincent and the UAB Blazers. But uh, a great place to have uh, corporate events, uh, different parties and stuff. That they do it all up there for you at Top Golf of Birmingham. Great experience. Also driven by. Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see all the great folks there. Tony Russell and all the great folks at Sunny King Ford, Oxford, Aniston. All right, Matt, uh, we talked about that 63-7 win over ULM. Any other things that you saw about this team? And I mean, it's hard to complain about a 63-7 win. Yeah, it really is. I think that uh, what I really liked, and uh, also we'll say this maybe <laughs> beforehand, man, uh, the Warhawks don't know how to play special teams. Um, not only do they have a punt block for a touchdown, but Kool-Aid McKinstry made them look like a sieve. Um, and he, he should have returned three, I think, including a kickoff, but he always got tripped up. And then I found it really interesting. You know, they finally said, okay, okay, Kool-Aid, you, you've done your damage here. Let's put in Brian Branch. And, Jay, what does Brian Branch do? Takes he it takes house. it to the house. <laughs> so, uh, Al Alabama had great returns on special teams. They played very, very solid in that area. The fact of the matter is, UL, uh, ULM is one of the worst funded programs in college football right now, although now they have a million and a half. And uh, according to, um, to Terry Bowden, we're going to go build a new weight room. So, so good for them. Uh, they're not a real good team, and Alabama certainly exposed that. But the thing about it is, Jay, I don't know that Alabama is as good a team as they probably should be, even at this young point in the season. And I think it shows in what the coaches said this past weekend by, um, you know, they were holding on to Alabama uh, being number one. But after what Georgia did to uh, South Carolina at South Carolina, 
uh, now Alabama's number two in all the polls. But uh, I think uh, Alabama had a very, very routine pedestrian victory over a bad football team. And uh, I, I think that uh, with Vandy coming up, it's going to be hard to get them up again because Vandy's, uh, even though they're two and one, um, they lost to Wake Forest. I don't know that they're really a good football team, but uh, who knows when they come in there uh, what's going to happen. Uh, although I think I can predict it. I think Alabama wins this one by three or four touchdowns. I hadn't looked at lines yet. Have you? Alabama, so I saw it earlier, I think it's, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah. I think it's like uh, 40, something like that. It's close to I, mean, I saw it earlier today. Even, and uh, But, yeah, you look at it. The, the other thing, too, Matt, this weekend, watching, Tom, uh, watching Terry Bowden on the sideline, I mean, he looked – so much like his dad. Yeah. Uh, physically and characteristic and animated. Um, yeah. And I hope he's able to build that program up. Nobody else seems to have. And I just did look it up. Alabama is a 40-point favorite. That's an SEC yeah. team. Um, I'm not going to tell you which way I'd go because I really don't know. Um I did think Alabama would cover against the Warhawks, but um, not, not real sure about that either. Uh, now that is uh, what, whether or not I would have bet it. Of course, I don't bet. But, um, Jay, um, other directions to go here real quickly because we've got the mixture coming up here. Charles Barkley was at the Auburn game. Somebody asked him if he'd become the AD, and he said, you can't afford me. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Rich McGlynn, Rich McGlynn, uh, who has been named the interim AD? Boy, how about dumping this in your lap? A loss to uh, an embarrassing loss to Penn State. Uh, so he's going to have to deal with that. Um, I thought it was uh, very, very just other observations from college football. Um, the back to the Auburn Penn State game. Auburn now has eight turnovers. They are minus eight in the turnover category. Only one team in the nation is worse, and that's New Mexico State. And that traditionally has been one of the worst programs in all of college football. But eight turnovers and the having forced none. Um, and when you look at the stats from the actual game, that's the one that stands out to me in addition to the fact that uh, they're not able to uh, – they were not able to rush the football. Jay, did that, did that frustrate you as a viewer as much as it did me? I think they had 119 yards rushing. Honestly? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, lay it on me. Yeah, just a football fan, I guess. Yeah, well, watching, uh, want to see teams that should be able to run the ball, run the ball. But, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, when Harson got hired, the, the main thing that everybody said was this would be a, a huge culture shock for him. I, I think, too, the celebrity of becoming even the Auburn, anytime you're an SEC coach, the celebrity that comes with that, and especially a program like Auburn. Um, I mean, you're treated from day one, like, you know, you've won and, and, you know, do you get, do you relax on the, your laurels? Do you not go out and recruit and do the things that you get? Do you understand what recruiting in the Southeastern conference means? And I, I think that's a growing process for him. That's what Auburn's got to decide. Do they truly believe that he is the answer? They believe what they thought from the beginning, that they wanted to go outside, uh, the sec outside the Auburn kind of family and go get a coach. They felt like it could win. If that's the case, then live with your decision. I, I, I don't like it when teams or whatever. I mean, he's two and one right now, so that that's the other thing to keep in mind, as I brought up earlier. But uh, the, you know, the constant changeover, the the buyouts you got to spend, 
I mean, I, I know there's boosters that can take care of all that, but it just doesn't look good. It makes the program look more unstable and unstable. And it's also not going to want, I mean, not to say what coach would want to go there, but if you're a successful coach having a successful program right now, do you leave that to go coach at Auburn based on everything that you've seen and the way that, that the uh, head coaches are treated at times by uh, the, uh, the administration and by the boosters and even, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that got out in the public, you know, we brought up earlier about Brian Harson. I mean, you know, it, that's got to put a lot of uh, angst and a lot of the coaches out there that might even consider that job. Yeah, uh, it comes with baggage, um, and you don't bring it, so to speak. That's, I think that's why there are a lot of people saying, why not get Hugh Freeze? Uh, the other one they're saying is Lane Kiffin. And, Jay, I think the Lane Kiffin talk stops at what you just said. Why? Why would Lane Kiffin want to go to right, – right now, all due respect to Auburn, that's not a lateral move. He's got to go rebuild at Auburn, and he's already in great shape at Ole Miss. So I don't see Kiffin, but I think Hugh Freeze is a viable option. He's been there, done that. He can recruit. He can coach. He made a huge mistake. I, I think, in, in my opinion, he's kind of paid his debt, if you will. So um, – just whether or not the Auburn faith are want to deal with you freeze, but I'm telling you what, he can coach, he knows the culture, and he wants the job. The other surprising uh, SEC game, again, was Arkansas-Missouri State, 38-27. Arkansas really struggled until late in the game against Missouri State. They're 3-0, and though. They oh got it my. done. And, uh, oh, Jackson, my. 19-31, 385 yards and two touchdowns on the day. So, uh, at least they are able to pull away with a win. And uh, Missouri State looked, looked pretty good, 2-1, and 1-1 one. Uh, one and one on, on the road for them. So uh, they gave them a big scare in Arkansas and the uh, Razorbacks. All right, coming up on the other side, Mick Gillespie, Bama on three, and uh, maybe Bama on three, Bama Insider with On3 Media coming up here on the other side of the break. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. What I would tell people is that you don't have to be in pain anymore. Meet Dr. Justin Garzone, medical director at QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in using advanced regenerative medicine. Heat levels continue to build tomorrow and Wednesday. The sky mostly sunny both days. Highs between 93 and 96 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in, and uh, let's get right to him. Mick Gillespie from Bama Insider and All 3 Media. Before we do that, real quick, Kool-Aid's punt returns this past week, 136 punt return yards, third most in Crimson Tide history, single game. Also, Tua, not only the great game this weekend, and uh, tying Dan Marino and also Bob Greasy when it comes to touchdowns in a game, leads the NFL with 739 passing yards after his 400-plus yard game against the Baltimore Ravens. All right, Mick Gillespie from Bama Insider on 3 Media. Listen, Mick, are you, where are you at today? Are you, are you, are you down uh, in, on the beach, on the coast, or what, what's happening? Uh, currently in uh, Pigeon Forge. So, All right. Uh, yeah, up here in the mountains. Good for you. A little breakaway? 
Well, no, I mean, we got a playoff game tomorrow. Oh, I got you. So, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> got a baseball playoff game, so I got to do that. So I was up here, wanted to come up and uh, get something to eat. We're off today and then uh, start really game planning for uh, the baseball game tomorrow. And, you know, I've watched so many sports. You talk about Tua. I, I watched that Ravens game. I'm a Ravens fan. But it was hard not to pull for Tua. You know, he's, he's, he's taken so many, so many hits from the experts, you know, said he wasn't going to be this or he wasn't going to be that. It's crazy how a, a head coach can make such a difference. But, uh, that's a, that was one of the best performances I've seen a quarterback have in a long time. And it was awesome to see, uh, Waddle catch that game winner at the end of the game. It was a really mm-hmm. fun game yesterday. Talk about uh, Alabama ULM. Let's go there and uh, sixty-three to seven. We talked a lot about this in the post-game show, but you know, impressive win. There were you know some moments, and one of the things Matt brought up and you and I brought up uh, early on was eight minutes, eight seconds, first half time of possession for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, look, I mean, when you beat someone sixty-three to seven, and you could have won seventy to seven, I mean, it's hard to sit there and criticize. And I don't want to criticize. I guess the thing that really worries me, though. Alabama has these amazing players and they, you know, they have the big play capability, but you know, there, there's this other thing that these Alabama teams have always been able to do. And that's put together these long sustained drives. You know, and I just wonder like, you know, for this Alabama team, you know, is, is that a weakness for them? Um, you know, it was really hard to gauge anything because, because the level of competition, um, but you know, Alabama has so many good players. I still am not comfortable with the offensive line. I'm still waiting for that number one receiver to emerge. I, I still think Bryce Young's amazing. Um, the secondary gives up pass plays. The pass rush could be better. You know, I mean, and, and, and the schedule's just going to keep getting tougher and tougher. The good thing is, is that this team obviously hasn't clicked yet. You know, so it's it's still gelling. Um, and you, and you look over at Georgia, you know, they may be playing the best football they're going to play all year right now, you know, so, uh, Alabama still has a lot of growth, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I can't figure out if, if, if Alabama's that good or if, 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 you know, maybe, uh, it may be the other team's that bad. Somebody yeah. almost ran into me there. About that. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder why you paused there for some thought you, you lost yeah, your mind. Did you hear my too. horn? Did you guys hear, no, did you hear my no. horn? No, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gotta, gotta uh. look the other way. Oh sorry. Yep. <laughs> Don't get hey, shot. Um, <laughs> golly. Uh Mick Gillespie is our guest here on the Jay Barker Radio Show Network. Um did you see improvement? And and again, I am going to repeat what you just said. It's very difficult to tell with the opponents at the level they are. Uh, it looked like some of the uh, the hands came back in the receiving core. And what about the O line, which have uh, been the uh, the sticking point since the beginning of the season? Yeah, look, I, well, I mean, the biggest improvement to me was on special teams. Uh, you know, Kool Aid, and you know they they blocked the punt for a touchdown. Um, you know, Branch had the touchdown. Look, I I, I like that. I, I think that there are other ways to win football games other than you know, offense and defense and Alabama over the years has been good on special teams. Uh, but, but that was their best performance in a long time, you know, and that's definitely an area that I saw a big improvement. You know, like I said, with the offensive line, I mean, you know, at the beginning of the game, 
it, it looked like Bryce Young had to deal with some pressure. Things got better towards the end of the game, but it's hard to judge based off of the talent. You know, that wasn't a, that, that's not a good football team, ULM. Um, you know, and I know that we, I was there when we lost to them. I was also there when I drove by, and I talked about this Saturday with Jay, and they put that giant billboard up when we were driving to Shreveport for the bowl game to remind us. So I, I was kind of hoping that Alabama put that 70 on them because it was 07, and maybe that would remind them of that billboard. But <laughs> I, they're, they're not a good football team, and Alabama's about to play uh, a lot of good football teams. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing they're getting better, but, you know, it's not a knock on the offensive line. I just couldn't tell because, you know, that – it, it, Honestly, it's not fair for the fans to have to pay ticket prices to go see these, some of these teams that Alabama's playing. You know, the, the, the two games, the road schedule uh, is great this year. The home schedule is terrible. And th- these two games at home have been pathetic. I mean, just to be honest with you. I mean, you, these teams, it's hard to sit here and say, oh, they're good or bad because the, the level of competition has been, it, it's been unacceptable, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, hey, guys, these- I got to know. I got to know. What 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 did the billboard say? Say that again, Matt. You kind of broke up. What did the billboard say? Oh, it was it was something about uh, about Louisiana Monroe uh, beating Alabama. You know, it's kind of like a rub it in your face thing. You not remember that? I remember it being there, but I'm quizzing y'all as to what it exactly said. If it was oh, just you know. a 9090 oh, boo-boo, I'm okay with that. Oh, I remember <laughs> yeah, it. I just don't remember what it said. Oh, I thought you had it there. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember nah, riding it up, by and seeing that. Yeah, I remember riding by and seeing that and thinking, you know, like, it's one thing to win the game, but it's another thing to be classless and kind of rub, rub it in, you know, someone's face. And, and I mean, I guess it's all in fun. But, but when you show up with, with that type of team, the Tuscaloosa, you know, and the, the, the team that we saw on Saturday, that's just who wants to sit there and watch that? I mean, like, we're, we're forced to have to watch these games because we cover the team. But let's be honest. I mean, like, if, if it wasn't for that, you know, who would want to pay a ticket price to go see a team that, that is lucky that, we, that Alabama didn't put 70 on? You know, I mean, like, just – and that, that's coming off the heels of a 55 to nothing – uh, game against you know Utah State, who actually had a pretty good team last year, but um, you know obviously this year it, it's not that good. So maybe in the future, you know, with with the schedules changing, you know, and kind of the the twelve game playoff, which I'm not a fan of, but you know maybe I should be just because it'll be a much better level of competition to have to sit there and watch. And you know my point was, you know, you want to say, hey, you know, what unit's getting better? I can't really tell you because they were just so overmatched. No, exactly. And, and I'm, you know, you, you talked about as far as, you know, on, on the road, Arkansas, that's, I mean, we, even though they struggled with Missouri State this weekend, and Missouri State's 2-1, and one, um, but they, they played well. They were able to c- come back and, and, and win that game. And at, uh, Texas A&M, really the, the best home game as far as that one, and, and according to uh, what Auburn did this weekend against Penn State, um, at LSU, at Ole Miss. Uh, we got Austin P though, coming up uh, right before Auburn, which would be a great one. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, to me, the thing is, I, I wish that they that they would get to play more uh, non-conference games with bigger teams like the Texas and all that. Maybe that that'll be a push towards that, especially with two team uh, with the twelve team playoff. Mick, it may say, look, you know, we can we can take a chance 
and play some better teams are going to give us, we're going to score maybe more media points and maybe more uh, points with the, uh, the, the CFP committee, as far as who they end up choosing based on the schedule that you played. The other thing I wish that they would just implement is that if you're going to play the out of conference and, and the schedules of a lower tier team that you have to play somebody inside your state. I mean, there's a number of teams yeah. that you really benefit from that. And I think you'd get a better draw, not only from Alabama fans, but especially from the fans of that team in state. And so you would have the crowds and you would have the enthusiasm and you'd also have a team that didn't want to get beat by a team in their state. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't disagree with that. There's always been this thing where, you know, if you play UAB, you're helping build their program. You don't want to do that. But I would love to see Alabama and UAB just as a fan. You know, I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing South Alabama come to Tuscaloosa, uh, you know, or Troy or something like that. Yeah, I agree with you, Jay. I mean, at least give us something here, you know. I, and, and unfortunately for Alabama, you know, I don't think it would happen this year, but there'd be years where they might lose those games. Um, but at the same time, you know, it'd be, it'd be worth a lot more than watching ULM show up and, and you know, get blown out 63-7 to and Utah State, you know. 55 nothing plus the money would stay home um so i agree i I don't think it'll ever happen but i wish it would i I think that it would be beneficial to the fans yeah play miles play alabama state play alabama a&m i mean give them 1.5 million dollars how big of a a boost would that be for a miles college right there in fairfield alabama be huge and not too far from Tuscaloosa. All right, let's take a break. we got to uh, continue with Mick Gillespie, Bama Insider on 3 Media. will be with us coming up on the other side and all the way through the top of the hour. So uh, we'll be back live from AVX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205 205- 
909-709-7373 and schedule an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Welcome back in as we continue with Bam Insider on Three Media's Mick Gillespie and uh, my radio partner on the uh, post game show and also pre game show for Alabama. Crimson Tide, and uh, I know that uh, we got a lot to dive into with uh, Alabama Vandy coming up this weekend, but a big win, 63-7 to over ULM. And uh, Alabama does drop to number two, though, in the coaches' poll. Uh, so now sitting at number two in the AP and coaches' poll now, and uh, I don't think most people out there that have any uh, sense about them would, would, would doubt that Georgia should be the number one team right now just based on how dominant they played, but uh, we got a long season ahead of us. Uh, also, Alabama, big news today. The defensive tackle, Jordan Renaud, uh, committed to Alabama on uh, today on Monday and ranked number 45 in the 2023 ESPN 300, attends Tyler Legacy High School in Tyler, Texas, the fourth-best defensive tackle in 2003 cycle, chose Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide over Brent Venables and the Oklahoma Sooners. Alabama now has 16 ESPN 300 prospects, tops in the country in a class that ESPN has ranked second only behind Notre Dame. Uh, I think that's going to continue to change. Uh, Ronald 
will join uh, Pierre, uh, the number 119 Osborne, the number two, uh, 226 is Hunter Osborne, and ESPN 300 defensive line recruits for the Crimson Tide. Again, 6'4", 245 pounds, recorded 66 tackles and eight tackles for a loss of two sacks as a junior in 2021 and a real target for Alabama. Again, that's Jordan Renaud. And Mick, I'll get your take on him before we move on, but uh, another big get for Nick Saban in this 2023 class. Yeah, and look, I got to give our guys credit. Uh, Andrew Bone and uh, Joseph Hastings, you guys follow them on BamInsider.com. They they both said that they felt like this was going to happen. Uh, this is another prized recruit for the Crimson Tide. You know, Alabama just continues to uh, to, to bring in blue chip prospects, even through the uh, you know the, the the new NIL you know situation, you know, or whatever you want to call it now. But it hasn't affected Alabama Nick Saban's ability to recruit. So this is another big get, like you said. And uh, this is a, the number one class in the country, and it just keeps on getting better. I, I think that Nick Saban's the best that we've ever seen at recruiting. Hey guys, I want to take a break away for just a second and talk about Texas A&M. I know you watched uh, or have seen some of the highlights of the game against Miami. Um, Say what you want to about their offense. That defense is bad. And uh, they lost two of their starting DBs due to targeting and still hung on. And, Jam, I ask you, for, did you watch much of that game? And, and it seemed to me that the Miami spirit defensively was back. I mean, they were flying. Both the teams were flying around from football. Was it just my imagination? Or was there more hits per tackle, violent collisions in that game than we've seen all year? Yeah, and and I, you know Max Johnson, the quarterback for Texas A&M, you know not the best of numbers, but they got it done. Ten of 20, 140 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Van Dyke, uh, who you know could be very impressive at times, twenty-one of forty-one, two hundred seventeen yards. But um, big win for Jimbo uh, Mick. I mean, he needed this win, and a lot of pressure, a lot of heat, warming up uh, his coaching seat. But not that anybody thought that A&M would probably uh, get rid of him, even just based on the amount of money they had to pay him to buy him out. But more importantly, uh, I, I think just to kind of get some people off his back right now, they got to continue to still improve. It's not the maybe the A&M team that everybody expected they were going to have uh, coming into this year. Look, I was impressed with their defense. I did watch that game. Uh, matter of fact, I watched a lot of college football on Saturday, and it was, a, it was it, there were some great games. That was one where I kept waiting on Miami to make a move. Cristobal, you know, coached it so conservatively. And I was just kind of waiting, like, am I not seeing something here? Was there going to come a time at the end of the game where they were going to take the risk and uh, and do something, and it just never happened, you know? I think part of that was that Texas A&M's defense was, uh, you know, started to really get locked in on Van Dyke when they would get in the red zone. And then I think the other thing is that Miami dropped too many passes, you know? And, and if, if they make, you know, if they – they catch half of the drops, they probably win the football game. You know, a lot of unenforced errors on Miami. Uh, but I did think that, they, that they're improving. I definitely do. Um, Texas A&M, though, you know what? You're right. Max Johnson is definitely an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, was he amazing? No. But he, he, he did the job to get the win. They had to have that. They, they, I don't know if they can afford to uh, fire Jimbo Fisher. I don't even know if they want to. But um, – you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, at the end of the day, if you have more points than your opposition, and that was a pretty good game against a, a tough non-conference team, it wasn't like they were playing Utah State or ULM, you know. And so uh, it, it was it was contested, and and they won, and I enjoyed watching it. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that Texas A&M's offense though is good enough to last uh, 
this this conference schedule. And and I would think that if they fall behind in games, if their if their defense or you know what something happens and they're they're having to score points to keep up, that that's probably not going to be a formula that's going to work for them to win football games. Mick, talking about coaches on the hot seat, and you know we watched Auburn this past weekend. We were talking about this earlier with Coach Harson. Already a lot of heat on him uh, during the offseason and uh, really almost trying to run him out of out of Auburn. Now 41 to 12, just a dominant performance by Penn State. Where do you where do you see Auburn right now and, and also the fate of uh, Coach Harson? You know, I've said this before. You know, the Mets mascot is Mr. Met. You know, the Reds mascot is I, I don't even know what his name is. It's a big baseball head that runs around there. Uh, Bo Nix was like that guy for Auburn. And the fact that he's quarterbacking uh, at Oregon, to me, tells you a, a lot about what happened with Auburn. You know, that guy should be Auburn's quarterback right now. And I I, I, I always like, you know, his ability to scramble and make plays and, and all that stuff. And they just look so bad. They look, they look, they look pathetic on Saturday. I mean, it was a train wreck watching Auburn uh, – from, from the beginning to the end. And I feel like the boosters, when they, they tried the coup last year, really sucked any potential for Brian Harston to have success away. And we're watching a rudderless ship right now floating somewhere out in the ocean. I mean, I, I just wonder how bad this is going to get. Uh, I'm sure that Harston's going to be fired sometime soon. I don't know what all the numbers are on the, the contract, but it's not just that they got their butts whooped by Penn State. It's just that they're gonna they're gonna take a lot more games. They're gonna take a lot more beatings like that before it's all said and done this year. And that's not coming from me as Mick Alabama guy. When Auburn has a good team, you know, look, I'm the first person to say, hey, these guys are good. Gus Malzahn used to make me nervous every time Alabama would play them, and I thought that was a terrible fire when they got rid of him because they didn't have the guy ready to take his place. And we learned that at Alabama when. Uh, you know, everyone decided to push Dean Stallings out the door. And then, you know, you didn't have the right guy behind him waiting to take the job, and the program suffered for 10 years because of it. The good thing that Auburn fans can kind of rely on is that they're going to spend a lot of money to replace Brian Harson, and they're going, to, they're going to pay a lot of money to have whoever comes in there next as head coach, and I'm sure somebody will take that job. That'll be a lot better. I don't even think Brian Harson's a bad coach. I just think that he was put in a situation – where coming from Boise State, he he just didn't understand the, the the culture that the SEC had, and I think that he'll be a better head coach when this is over for having gone through it. But watching them on Saturday, actually watching all three of their games, they're not a good football team, and I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't end up near the bottom of the SEC. Well, some of the early. Season predictions had them last in their division. I, I never thought that, but um, my vision is uh, getting a little clearer in that area. If uh, Auburn pulls the trigger, where are you going there, Mick? Well, you know what? I mean, I, if I was them, I, I would, you know, I would beg Urban Meyer. I think he's a great coach, and he's got a track record of winning. And you know what? I mean, he's someone that maybe could compete with with Nick Saban in Alabama. Uh, you know, I don't know what the status is of Hugh Freeze, but I think he's a good head coach. Uh, <laughs> they won't do it, but how about Bobby Petrino after the, the, the game plan that he had for Missouri <laughs> State? <laughs> I mean, think, of, think about like as many problems as that guy has, one of them's not coaching football. Just mm-hmm. to take Missouri State in there 
and basically lose the game at the end because you're, you, you don't have enough players to beat them. But that game plan and to see what they did to one, one, one of the teams, I think, best, best, most physical teams in the country, um, they're not going to hire him. But, you know, he's, somebody like that could come in there and, and it wouldn't take long to get things turned around. Uh, Leopold, the coach over at uh, Kansas, has turned them into a winner. Uh, we all knew that it was just a matter of time before uh, he had an opportunity to do the things that he's been able to do. So I don't know if that's a, a, a hire that Auburn will make, but could possibly be. Um, I just think they'll hire someone who has SEC ties, who understands the recruiting and is not afraid to go and uh, try to take on Alabama. Um, and I, I could see them being in the – market for a new coach here sometime soon. I, 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 don't, I don't know how many more losses like that Brian Harson can take. We brought up Lane Kiffin as a possibility, and Matt made a great point, and I agreed that you know, right now it, that's not even a lateral move compared to what he's got going on at Ole Miss. Oh, yeah, yeah, you say that, but I mean, remember uh, Senator Tuberville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when he was coach at Ole Miss, he jumped right off and went to Auburn and had some really good years there. I, I think if that I, honestly, every time there's a job opening, Lane Kiffin's name pops up, and I don't know that that's by accident. I mean, it's got to be his people pushing his name out there. Sure, he's for, look for him personally. He's in he's in the best place he could be at Old Man. You know, it's just it's an easy place for him to go coach. No one's looking over his shoulder. Um, they don't care what he's doing when he's not at work. You know that it's a good, quiet environment, and he's turned them into a a really, really good team. I mean, the, the, look at the beatdown they put on Georgia Tech this weekend. I watched a little of it. It was terrible. It was 42 zip. They just they, they, they look good on defense. They look good on offense. You know, Jackson Dart uh, obviously can throw the football one out, and they, 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 they don't always win in recruiting, but, you know, he does a great job in the, in the uh, transfer portal. I could see that. Honestly, I could see that. If Auburn put, put enough money his way, I could see that. There's always been this thing with him where he, he loves to try to get under Nick Saban's skin all the time on social media. Can you imagine him at Auburn? Oh, my goodness. So, uh, what about, yeah, what about Bill Clark out of retirement? And I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Look, I, 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 Bill Clark's back hurt. Is that why he retired? You know, he left one of the really yep. good football teams that, they, that, that, that UAB has ever had. Uh, and, and UAB could – UAB suffering without him. I mean, I know they won this weekend, but that Bill Clark's a really good coach. I, I, I'm not sure what the deal is there with uh, him at UAB, but he he left a, a team that is poised to win some games and kind of head scratching. Uh, I, I doubt that Auburn would hire him. No, I don't think it would do it. All right, let's take a break. Georgia Southern this weekend. Yep. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they look good. Yeah, they look great. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back more with Mick Gillespie, Bam Insider, and On3 Media with us here live from AVX as he's with us each and every Monday. We'll continue that and uh, much more on the other side. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. Join the city of Tuscaloosa for the free tech or treat on Tuesday evening, October 25th. 
levels continue to build tomorrow and Wednesday. The sky mostly sunny both days. Highs between 93 and 96 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. a medical decision so when he gets back i really don't know for sure can't comment on i hope it's sometime soon but i don't know when that might be a year ago on punt returns there were some blocking issues with penalties you guys had eight returns just on saturday with no flags but do you attribute that improvement in the blocking well it really comes down to judgment um you know we coached punt returns very similar this year to the way we did last year you know, clamp the guy, stab and lag the guy, sit and fit the guy. Uh, don't clip. Uh, don't blind side hit anybody. Um, hold off the clip if you have to, which means you just try to shield the guy. Don't hit him in the back. We coached all those things ever since I've been here. Um, so players make good choices and decisions because they play with discipline and they understand you know, the consequences of making bad choices and decisions. And, um, you know, one of the things that we want to improve on is to be able to play penalty free and eliminate penalties, even though we still got a few too many penalties in the last game. It was better than the game before. And hopefully we can continue to eliminate that. All right, welcome back in as we wrap up hour number two. Mick Gillespie with us from Bama Insider on Three Media. And uh, we're talking about JoJo Earl there, Coach Saban, and nursing his way back from his injury and uh, hoping to continue to get more practice time and get him healed up. Uh, you know, guys, and, and Mick, I'll go to you first. As far as uh, this week against uh, Vandy, I'm not sure that he's so much needed there. They may maybe get him a couple reps here and there just to get him back in some game type, you know, dress out and all that type of stuff. But I think they really want him back for that SEC uh, road trip to Arkansas and then what they've got after that. Yeah, look, these are big games. I mean, anytime you play a conference opponent, even if it's Vanderbilt, it's important. And I feel like these are building block games for Alabama, you know, going into this with Vanderbilt, who's, by the way, definitely improved. Mm -hmm. uh, an improved Vanderbilt team. That has historically been a tough game for Alabama. I mean, you know, like they, for whatever reason, Jay, you know that. Uh, but special teams, we talked about it already on the show. It could be something that this Alabama team relies on to help make, make up for maybe, you know, some a lack of, you know, success in other areas here early. Uh, but I love to hear Nick Saban say, hey, look, you know, it's decisions that the individual player makes, you know, not the clip, not the block in the back, because that's exactly what they did. Yeah, they they, the, the, the old famous block. quote, Matt, from Coach Saban said, if you don't think Vanderbilt's important, just lose to them. Yeah, just lose to them. I would just uh, like to wrap things up and agree with Mick on the fact that Vanderbilt does look like a different team. They have elevated their game in several areas. They lost a little with Mike Wright, who's a great runner, 
but man, he couldn't pass it at all against Wake Forest. So the freshman may come in. He played well this past weekend, but uh, if you think I'm picking Vanderbilt, you're wrong. Yeah, no, no. Who's picking Vanderbilt? I mean, honestly, you know, with things moving the way that they're moving, I wouldn't mind swapping Vanderbilt for Clemson or Florida State, uh, you know, just for the better of the conference. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they haven't invested in their football program, you know, and I know they have high academic standards. I love Nashville. I love Vanderbilt. Great, great school. But, you know, athletically, it just doesn't fit the footprint. They, when they had James Franklin, the guy would have stayed there. But the school just refused to, um, to, to basically invest in the football program, you know. So that's why they've been a perennial loser since he walked away. And that's the toughest job, I think, in, in the SEC is being Vanderbilt's football coach, you know. Um, and, and, you know, you, you look at what James Franklin did at Penn State and what he, what he did to Auburn on Saturday. I picked him going into the game. He's been there and done that in the SEC. And, and he was Vanderbilt's last good coach. I mean, last successful coach. So, you know, I'm expecting it to be a pretty big blowout on Saturday. I think they'll be better than the two teams that Alabama's played. And like you said, Jay, you're right. I mean, it's the same thing with Tennessee. You know, there's, there's been 15 straight years Alabama's beaten Tennessee. But if you don't think it's a rivalry, just lose to them one time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, all these conference games are important. And this, this to me, and I, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, this is the toughest road schedule that I remember Alabama having. I mean, going back to when I, you know, in the 90s, when I started following Alabama as a student. This, because these teams are all capable of beating Alabama on the road, uh, and you could throw Texas in that mix too, even though it's not a conference game. So you got to win your home games. You want to get through them healthy. I think that's the other thing too. And I, I think that's where Alabama's actually – done a good job this year they get got through these games relatively unscathed uh, you know injury wise and you know they're waiting on uh jojo earl to get back and uh harold to get back both of those guys were injured in the preseason so they weren't even in games um but you know i I expect alabama to uh to continue to try to establish the run and do it against vanderbilt on saturday yeah four teams from the sec inside the top 10 that's georgia alabama one and two and then at nine and ten, uh, or, or excuse me, at uh, ten is uh, nine and ten Kentucky and Arkansas, and uh, again Kentucky at eight in the other poll, ten and uh, Arkansas is ten uh, in both polls. But uh, four teams there. The Tennessee's right outside at number eleven and twelve in respective polls. Uh, Ole Miss right behind them. Um, then for there, Florida and uh, and then Texas A&M. So the SEC very well represented in the top twenty-five, but four inside the top ten. That shows you. The type of competition you see each week in, week out. All right, presented by Pearl River Resorts. That's who uh, brings us Mick Gillespie each and every week. Mick, thanks so much for your time, my man. Thank you. And everybody, don't forget to watch his uh, Monday Night Quarterback as well as the pre-game and post-game shows on Bama Insider YouTube channel. Thank you, Mick. Yeah, check us out. Roll Tide, guys. Thank you. All right, man, Roll Tide. All right, and thank you for joining us as well. All you out there listening to us throughout the network and uh, also to Josh Smith, our producer, Hardy, doing all the work there at Tide 100.9 FM on the board. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance.